Good morning and welcome to another episode of How the Focaccia. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy, and I am incredibly pumped to have this very special guest in here. I have to say a big thank you for him and his time because I know how incredibly busy he is these days. I don't want to kind of mess up the introduction because I'm sure he can say it much better than I can. So Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. No, I'm really appreciative of your time. Now, it's become very customary of my um, show for me to ask the very first question. It's the same question. People kind of cringe at it, but they're loving it anyway. How's the weather where you are? The weather where I am is uh, it's phenomenal. It's Los Angeles weather, so literally always sunny here, and I have no complaints. How is the weather where you are? Um, I can't complain being in the south of France, and it's kind of why it started me asking that question, because a lot of my guests obviously back where I'm originally from, and um, that's Melbourne, Australia, and Melbourne at the moment is dead in the middle of winter, and it's freezing, so I got a lot of kicks by asking my guests, <laughs> how's the weather? It's probably raining, isn't it? Well, where I am, it's 30 degrees, and it's uh, sunshine. So, <laughs> um, so yes, it's kind of just, then it's kind of followed on from there. A lot of people pick me up in comments and that, and it's like, you always ask people about the weather, and it's like, so it's just kind of become the, uh, the kind of standard call that I, or question I ask from now on, so you being obviously in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, it's obviously beautiful weather. And LA, as you said, it rains maybe three days a year there, yeah? <laughs> and dude, I'll be honest, like you could ask me like anything, the most boring question in the world. And just because of your accent, I would think it was a really awesome question. So <laughs> like it's an immediately an interesting conversation <laughs> just because your accent's wicked cool. See, I've always, I've always when traveled and I've been very lucky enough to travel a lot in life and no matter where we've gone, People always say that, and yet I hate the Australian accent. I think it's the most nasally, horrible kind of "eh, you go," and kind of like just it when I hear <laughs> when I hear it in the streets when I am travelling. And obviously, now that we live in the south of France, it's just if I do hear it, I just run the other way. I so I don't want a part of it. So, so I um, I don't understand the allure. Maybe you can enlighten us to why um, so many people from overseas do enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's like, it sounds wicked cool. Like, that's literally it. And I like do my best to impersonate it. So like, sometimes I'll do mine and I'll get over <laughs> here and I'll be like, wow, there's a wallaby across the road. You gotta look out. He's a feisty creature. I just think it's a really fun accent to do. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. And I remember you started a YouTube series and you were kind of always start that uh, with a, a different accent from wherever you were trying. And I do remember the Australian one coming across and it's not a bad uh, version of it. Yeah, some people were like, it's awful. Some people say it's like amazing. Some people say it sounds more Kiwi. Some people say it sounds more New Zealand. But either way, I think it sounds wicked cool. And like, that's all that matters. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to say that, I mean, your accent, I mean, I obviously, you're, um, you live in New York. Have you always lived um, up in that region? No. So I grew up in Boston, actually. And then I, I, ended, I lived in Israel for a while. And then I just recently moved to New York. But yeah, so Boston, New York are pretty close. Yeah. I mean, that Boston, New York kind of, I just think Sopranos. And I think you've got that kind of boss type, mafia type accent. And that's what I've always uh, <laughs> loved, that kind of New Yorkian Boston type accent, you know, kind of so, yeah. <laughs> So um, I, I guess, um, I mean, I, as I said, I am very incredibly um, pleased to have you on the show and um, I've been a big follower of yours uh, for quite some time. And so to kind of introduce you to the audience and while I could sit here and have a, just a, a lazy day so we'll chat with you anytime, um, just introduce yourself to the audience and who you are, where you've come from, what you do and kind of, yeah, just uh, enlighten people a little bit more on uh, who, you, who Jordan Syed is. Yeah, I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. Basically, um I got in the fitness industry when I was wicked young. I was like 14 years old when I got my first personal training job. 
Um, I was a, I was a wrestler my whole life. So I started wrestling at eight years old and then, uh, I got really, really, really into fitness and strength training and nutrition because I had to cut a lot of weight. I basically, I made varsity as a freshman wrestling, had to cut from 112 to 103 every week. Oh. And I just got obsessed with strength training and nutrition and, uh, reached out to a, a Russian kettlebell gym in the town nearby from me. And I was like, listen, I'll, I'll scrub your floors. I'll take your trash out. I'll, I'll do whatever. Just let me come intern. And then sooner rather than later, I was coaching people and working there. And it was, it was amazing. It was one of the best experiences in the world. And I was lucky because these coaches were very science-based coaches. They were people who were not messing around in like the bro science industry. They, uh, and I, I was just very fortunate that I never really had much time to mess around in the, the pseudoscience-based world. It was all very like well-researched and people who are looking over my shoulder and like taking me under their wing to sort of push me in the right direction. Sure. Um, so I did that all through high school, coached and wrestled, took a year off after high school and I traveled. I went to Israel for a year, uh, came, I actually almost joined the Israeli army and my mom was like, I'll fucking kill you if you join the Israeli <laughs> army. So came back, went to school and I studied, um, I actually went in as a, as a exercise science major and, and quit that after a couple months because I realized um, I had learned everything exercise science related up to that point through coaching and through studying what I had been studying for the years before that. And basically, all the stuff they were going to teach you was theoretical. It wasn't really much practical application working with people. And, uh, and I had already started – I had been work coaching with people for seven, eight years at that point. And I realized more than anything, psychology was the most important part of it. And there's a brand new field. Uh, called behavioral health psychology, which is basically why people make the decisions they make in regard to their health uh, on like the psychology and emotional basis of that stuff. So I, I jumped into that and loved it. That was like one of the best decisions I ever made. And it's helped me a lot as a coach for both strength training and nutrition, especially um, studied that. And then I, I built my, my online business from my freshman year. So re realistically, I hated school, was not a big fan of it. Um, and I sort of just, I, I was really fortunate. I trained at Westside Barbell, which is a really incredible facility in, in Columbus, Ohio, just the strongest lifters in the world there. So I trained there after my freshman year of, of college and, um, and had really a bunch of extraordinary opportunities to work at some really high class gyms with, with extraordinary athletes. I did very well with powerlifting. I completed, I competed at a world-class level during my college years. And, um, throughout that time I started my online business so by the time I graduated college, I didn't have to work for anybody else. I literally just could work for my computer. But my the funny thing is my mom had no idea what was going on. She didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't really understand the magnitude of it either. I, had, I, I didn't try and start a business. I just was writing about fitness, strength training, nutrition. People started following it. Um, and people started asking, you know, can you do my programming? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I did it for free. And it got to a point where I had so many people. I was like, I have to charge. Like, I'm sorry. So I, I started charging people. And, um, and I remember I graduated college and my mom was like, all right, well, like you need a job. And I was like, I really don't think I do. <laughs> and she was like, I'll never forget. She was like, what do you mean you don't think you do? I was like, well, I mean, I'm doing this thing online. And she was like, well, how much money you're making? And I told her and she was, she was like, holy shit, are you paying taxes? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't know what that means. Like I was, I had no clue what was going on. So then that was a whole big issue. But that got sorted out. And, um, and yeah, now I actually, after college, I moved to Israel again and just worked for my computer. And then I was there. And then Gary Vaynerchuk recently, a little over a year ago, offered me a position to be his personal trainer. So I moved from Tel Aviv to New York. And, and now I coach Gary along with my online business. 
So, I mean, um, I don't want to go too far into Gary because, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to, if they don't know him, they're probably going to know him at some point in the very near future because he's a juggernaut in, <laughs> in the social media type world. But um, you're obviously, did that job come about um, through your links with Mike? And, I mean, people um, know my story a little bit in that, obviously, I've followed you through Mike and so I know that's how I kind of connected with you but is that kind of how it came about or is it just a, a blind call that he had heard about you or something like that well yeah so it's really interesting and this just goes to show for anybody who, who's thinking about starting an online business or, or they're not sure if they're doing the right things I was writing articles on my website in my college dorm room from 2011 so that was my my freshman year writing random articles for no other purpose than just to like show people what I was doing because I was competing as a power lifter at the time and sort of just showing people what I was doing as a lifter and what I was learning. And um, there are comments from Mike Vacanti, Gary's old coach, on my website from 2012 before (laughs) Mike was ever a coach. It was before Mike started being a personal trainer. He was just researching and studying and he had another job that he hated. So he somehow stumbled across my website, would ask me questions, I would answer and it's not like we were friends. Literally, like, I was getting a bunch of questions. He's just one of the people who I happened yeah. to answer. And then um, he, through his crazy chain of events, became Gary's coach. And then when his contract was up, Gary was like, do you want to renew? And Mike was like, no, like I'm set. And Gary was like, cool, well, who's my next coach? And Mike was like, I have an idea. And, uh, he, and it was because of all of that building up in the past that Mike trusted me. And so, did you, I mean, you're saying you're in Tel Aviv in Israel. Did you just drop everything and go, yep, yeah, that's me? Or did you have to think about it? Like, what was the kind of you know, story of events from there? So, basically, what happened was um, Mike announced that Gary was looking for a new coach. And I, I actually, like, wasn't sure I was going to apply. Like, there were tons of people applying for this. Um, just, like, outrageous amounts. And I was like, and my online business was fortunately doing very well. I was like, nah, I don't need that. Whatever. Um, and a friend of mine who actually is a friend of Mike's as well was like, yeah, you should just tell Mike you want it. Just tell Mike, like, just put your name in the hat for, you never know what's going to happen. And I was like, all right, fine. So I, I actually texted Mike cause we were, we were on like texting terms at that point. We just like in the industry. It's like, Hey man, I don't know if the, the job is still open, but like, if you're still looking for someone, throw me in the hat. And he immediately was like, seriously, that's awesome. Uh, and I think he was just having trouble finding someone who he trusted to hand off to Gary. And, uh, we immediately hopped on the phone like that, like within several minutes we hopped on the phone and, and he was like, you know, tell me about like what you're thinking. Like, what do you want to do? Well, I was like, dude, honestly, I don't know too much about the job, but you know, I figure I might as well. Um, and I didn't hear anything from Mike for months, uh, for months and months and months didn't hear anything. And all of a sudden Mike contacted me and was like, Hey, are you still interested? It's like three or four months later. I had forgotten about it. I figured someone else got it. And I was like, yeah, I'm still interested. He was like, cool. So I need you to fly to New York City this week and coach Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is in, in mid-February. Um, and my mom, I had bought my mom her first ever trip to Israel to come visit me the next week. Yeah. And it doesn't look good to leave Israel and immediately come back. Like it just doesn't look good, yeah. like <laughs> the passport control. Yep. So I was like, dude, all right, how about this? How about I come in June because I'm going to come anyway for a wedding. And he was like, no, you need to come this week. I was like, all right, how about this? How about we do it over Skype? Because, you know, my mom's coming next week and I just don't want to like get locked out of the country and have her be here and like, I'm here. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he was like, no, you got to come this week. So I booked a ticket. I didn't tell anyone, didn't tell my mom, didn't tell my friends, told nobody. I just left. 
uh, I had a roommate in Israel at that time. He had no idea. Uh, <laughs> flew, to, flew to New York, coached Gary, flew back all in about 36 hours. Wow. Um, <laughs> And I walked back into my apartment after this entire trip, and, and my roommate was like, he thought I was at a girl's house. He was like, where were you? I was like, ah. <laughs> like, and I'm like very superstitious, so I didn't tell anybody. Um, and then I didn't hear again for another month and a half, two months. Uh, Mike sort of strung me along for another two months' time. He's like, oh, I'll tell you in a couple days. I'll tell you in five days. I'll tell you in a couple days, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and then finally, in, in early – mid-April, mid actually, because it was after his birthday, he told me. Um, and at, from the day he told me, I moved back within, I think, 72 hours and moved to New York, had an apartment and was coaching Gary. Amazing. And um, again, probably the last question I'll ask you on this topic, how's it been training Gary? It's insane. He's fucking, he's, he's crazy in the best way possible. Um, he, he, is, he is who he is, just like through and through. Gary is who he is 100%. The guy that he puts out online is the guy that he is in person. Um, and it's one of those things where it's so far, here, it's, here's a good example of sort of like what you don't really understand about it, I guess. Like when I got the job, Gary texted me and I didn't have Gary's number. I was still in Israel. Gary texted me saying like, hey, something effective. Hey, I'm really excited. This is going to be life changing for the both of us. And that's all he said. He didn't say this is Gary. He didn't say anything. And I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and and he uh and he like sends me a, a picture of himself like uh flexing like a before and after from with mike from his time with mike and i was like oh shit <laughs> and, and, and and um and then i responded and I, I get this whole big response like i'm so excited i'm gonna do everything i can to make sure you like reach your goals but like this whole big response and he didn't respond like nothing, no response, just like completely ignored it. And I was like, fuck, I screwed up. I don't have the job. Like I lost it, blah, blah, blah. I was totally freaking out. And then, um, and then I actually, I started coaching him and I, I have access to his schedule because I train him. I travel with him. The whole reason I'm in LA is because he's in LA. Yep. Um, so like, but then I look at his schedule now and it makes sense because that guy is literally going from 5am until midnight, 1am, whatever, every day. And he doesn't like, he has like shower in his schedule and travel like like uber in his schedule like every minute and i mean every second is marked off and to a t and important and like it's crucial and like every, like he just doesn't have time to think so even the fact that he texted me i thought was it was a huge deal but like i didn't get how crazy his life was until I don't, and no one can it's, it's a lifestyle that like very few people ever see or understand, which also makes the fact that, you know, he's been able to put on so much damn muscle and, and, and do so well or, or, or with his strength training over the last three years, just incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to work with quite a few, um, kind of executives, um, back when I was running my business in Australia and just to kind of see the same kind of, as you said, level of, um, just work that they do and the kind of hours they put in. And I think, I mean, I've only come to learn it, I believe, that it's a skill like anything else if you can survive on four or five hours sleep. that I think that's a skill that you, kind of, you, you can't kind of just teach your body to do that. I think you're born with it and the want to obviously do that is, uh, is obviously a big thing as well. Yeah, I think like I'm, I'm really big on everyone's different. Some people need more sleep. Some people need less sleep. Just like everything, everyone's individual. But I will say... Um, I really think it comes down to priorities and like what's most important to you. And like, yeah. I don't think lack of sleep 
is going to be the major contributor to someone gaining weight. I think if someone is gaining weight or not able to achieve their body comp goals and they're not sleeping enough, it's not because they're not sleeping enough. It's because they're probably eating when they're not sleeping and or because they're so damn tired from not sleeping that they're not going to the gym. A lot of people make it out to be like the sleep is this magic thing. It is like, listen, I'm not underplaying sleep. It's very important. But a lot, it's the same thing with stress. People like a lot of put the blame on stress. Like, oh my God, like, oh my God, like you're so stressed out. That's why you're gaining weight because like cortisol, I'm like, listen, if you really want to like get deep into this, if stress and cortisol was the reason why that people were gaining weight, then how come prisoners of war are not fat? How come people in starving nations are not fat? Like talk about stress levels and people (laughs) are like, well, that's a different scenario. It's like, why is it different? How is that any different? Stress is stress. Like, I don't understand why someone who works 40 hours a week and is stressed about their income is going to all of a sudden have more stress and it's okay for them to gain weight when someone who's actually like in a prisoner of war isn't okay. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Stress is stress. And like, it, you know, so for the fact that realistically he sleeps very little, he's stressed out of his mind. He's, he's the CEO of a mat, like several, like tons of companies. Um, it, it just comes down to priorities and lifestyle choices and, he he knows for a fact that if I wasn't here with him, he wouldn't work out or eat well. So he has the means. So he pays me to travel with him and make sure. And not everyone has those means, but that's just the example of that's his priority. So and that's what he's willing to do to make it happen. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you obviously alluded to it that you travel with him and you train him and things like that. What's a typical day for you if you are in New York and obviously not tra- um, traveling? Are you an early riser? What do you do in the morning? Like, give us a little bit of an idea of kind of, yeah, what's, what's a typical day for yourself? Yeah. So, what I will say is with Gary, there's no such thing as a typical day. <laughs> um, like, it's unbelievable. And actually, in the past year, I've spent more time on airplanes and in hotels and traveling than I have in my apartment in New York. But if I'm in New York and if it's a quote unquote typical day, I'm going to wake up around, uh, I'm going to wake up around 5am coach Gary at about 6am, be done with him around 7am. Then, uh, from there, basically I go and do my online stuff, whether it's Instagram posting or creating new videos for Facebook or YouTube, working like responding to client emails, creating client programs. Uh, and I just do that all day. Sometimes I'll do collaborations. I'll meet people for, for like uh, networking, whatever, I'll get my own workout in several times a week, uh, and then I go to bed around anywhere between eleven and one, and repeat. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up, and this is going to be slightly selfish for me because I'm interested because it's something I'm trying to grow as well. But I know quite a few people who do tune in uh, to my stuff will also benefit from this question. But you mentioned Instagram and your Instagram posts, and it's certainly been a big shift for you and tell me if I'm speaking um, correctly here, but like, is it six months, a year ago, you really started going kind of pretty ham on um, Instagram and, you know, putting consistent um, kind of posts out. Was that a mental shift for you to, I'm, you know, going all pot committed to Instagram to kind of grow that, grow my reach, grow the kind of available um, information that you can get out there from your head to the world kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you the exact day that I started. Uh, December 29th, 2016. Today is July, what, July 31st? Yeah. Today's July 31st. On December 20, 29th, I think. December December, December 29th, 7th, December 29th, Gary challenged me to post three times a day on Instagram every day. Up to that point, I was posting maybe four to five times a week. Um, and it was mostly like I thought that I was actually going hard on Instagram, but I really <laughs> wasn't. I was like 
doing a picture of myself here or a video of myself in the gym there, nothing crazy. Um, and then he was like, I want you to post three times a day every day. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to post three times a day every day. That sounds ridiculous <laughs> to me. And, uh, and basically he was like, he was like, you just got to do it. And that's literally the only direction he gave me. He didn't tell me what to do or he was like, you just got to put in the work. So the first day I posted twice and I went into the workout the next morning and he was like, so did you post three times yesterday? And I was like, yep. (laughs) And he was like, you're lying. I just looked at your Instagram. You posted twice. I was like, well, that sucks because I didn't (laughs) think you actually looked at my Instagram. So from that day, every day until about, it was probably mid-June, I posted three times a day every day with maybe the exception of a single Sunday um, where I posted twice. But like every day, three times a day for the better part of six months. And if you actually scroll through my Instagram, you'll see I went through a number of phases, like different types of content um, until I like randomly happened to try an infographic and the infographic got like quadruple the amount of interaction I'd ever gotten before. And I was like, well, that's fucking cool. (laughs) So I did another one about three hours later and it did ridiculously well a little actually worse than the other one but still really well and then i did another one and it like did 15 times anything i'd ever done before um and i was like well i struck gold let's go um and now everybody does them and uh yeah it's like just a (laughs) it's great though it's good like i love it because it's more it's more good content out and it's a more it's basically what i have always wanted to do is not just help the people i work with but help coaches because if i can help coaches essentially i'm helping more people um and if if it's by getting everyone to do infographics we're reaching hundreds and thousands and millions more people like sweet that's sure. awesome but the funny thing is the other day someone commented on my instagram they're like way to use the same the same template as everybody else and i wanted to be like i fucking created this template <laughs> like what are you talking about <laughs> like, love it but love it. like either way like i think it's a really good thing and it's it's i'm happy that overall coaches are realizing we need to stop talking to other coaches and start talking to the people who need it sure um well i'm gonna obviously stick a lot of your details in the bottom of this show notes so if anyone wants to go check out your stuff or your web page they obviously have access to that and i do highly recommend people do because you've got great um content up on all of your um mediums but um it was one of your shows again on the um podcast that you're um doing which i'm gonna pull you up on have you got another episode coming out anytime soon or i hope so man it's crazy (laughs) like what it it's sort of as of right now, like we have nothing planned, but we will do it very soon because we both want to. We love it. It's a lot of fun. But basically, like Pat had something crazy explode on his end in a good way. Plus, he just had a kid. Yeah, it's cool. like two separate things. The kid's great too. But and then my Instagram and and now I'm like really hitting YouTube hard as well. Um, and like just all of that combined, it's like shit. I can either coach people on how to do it or i could actually you know do it and then maybe come back to it a little bit and have more experience and and help people out more so um we'll we'll definitely do it again i just probably not gonna be in the next week or two yeah cool well it was on one of those shows that i think you even like challenged people in that and whether that stemmed from gary challenging you but you challenged people to do two posts a day for 30 days straight none of them were allowed to be selfies and so (laughs) i'm i 
typically going back, I would not. I, I was never that guy who posted the selfie of me in no shirt in the gym or something because I certainly don't think I've got the body to do that anyway. But it's not something I would do. But I'd certainly do selfies of me with my daughter or things like that. And I've got business mentors back in Australia, and they said, you know, it's not adding any value to anyone. You know, sure you get you know three times as many likes because your family's liking it, but what's it adding any value? Exactly. And so when you kind of said that, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a crack. And I've now been running two months straight, two posts a day. One is an infographic. But the change I try to do it is, you know the little avatar that you get on Snapchat, that little emoji guy that looks like you kind of thing, or the cartoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put that on mine with the question, and I'm hoping to bring people in to actually read the post rather than see it on there. And obviously, um, I'm getting some good traction and some other posts there. You got to change that. You got to – you literally – don't ever expect people to take the extra step to go read the post. Sure. They should be able to look at the post and know exactly what the hell you're trying to say just from looking at it. And then if they want to read the caption, go for it. But they should literally be able to screenshot that post, look at it, and know exactly what you mean. That's what's going to like take your shit to the next level. Okay. And um, can I ask then for myself as well as uh, obviously people listening, is there a program or something you use to kind of create that template? There's a bunch. I use Canva. I know a bunch of people use Photoshop. A lot of people use like I know people use Microsoft Word. Um, I started on Microsoft Word, and then Canva just seemed easier. But like, there's there's a whole bunch of them. Yep. Okay. And it's just c a n v a dot com. Is that uh, where to go? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Well, um, it's I'll, free. Uh, it's like it's wicked easy. Well, I'll certainly um change that up and um see what kind of uh, engagement uh, difference um we get that. But it's. Even with my little avatar dude being there kind of asking the question and then obviously my script uh, underneath it, um, the the increase I've seen in the engagement has been great. And it's certainly, um, I say thank you to you for obviously challenging everyone, but obviously it stood out to me. And um, I, I highly recommend it as well as people stop posting selfies and get out there and actually bring value to the world rather than uh, just, yeah, posting in there. So I think that was certainly something that, yeah, I can... Um, certainly say from um, my own experience has certainly helped out. Good, man. I'm glad. Seriously. And I love that you're taking action. You're doing it. That's it. That's fucking awesome. Um, well, thank you very much. And you, then you alluded, obviously, in there that you're um, now moving into the YouTube. And I'll have to just say, um, before I go any further with YouTube, everyone listening to this has to go and check out your apple cider vinegar um, <laughs> because my wife is not a, a follower of YouTube and she doesn't watch a whole lot. There, She watches a couple of little vlogs and things like that. But when that video came up, I was like, Ames, you've got to watch this. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And she looked at and instantly hit subscribe on your YouTube because she just was in tears. And anyone, like, I'll put a link in the show to that actual um, video because it was great. But I mean, it has a great message as well in there of what you're trying to say. But the way you deliver it was just on point. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's it's like it's so funny. I actually for I'm, my Facebook is growing really really well, and that video. It's at like 400,000 views on Facebook in three days or something. Just absolutely bonkers. And on my YouTube isn't there yet. My YouTube is a fraction of the following, but that's sort of why I'm trying to build it. Um, but that type of stuff is what I love, like the different accents, the theatrical stuff. And even like if you think about it, the infographic is another way of expressing fitness in a way that allows anybody to access it, to, to like have access to it, to feel comfortable with it so it's not overwhelming. Um, and like – to be able to do theatrical, like funny stuff like that is, uh, I think for me, I love that. I grew up acting 
and it allows people to enter the world of science-based fitness without feeling like intimidated yeah, or like, sure. oh my God, I can't read this PubMed study, so I just might as well leave. It's You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. And yeah, as I said, it's certainly more engaging and um, I think you're so right. And when, I mean, I've, I've come from a background of the university. I went and did a master's degree and things like that. And I, I used to have a very highbrow view of that and anyone who hadn't been to uni, how dare you even talk to this community? And that changed a long time ago in that it's just like, I think the people like myself back then are just talking far too high level and people just block out and they're just like, well, I guess you're telling me the right thing, but I'm just not even interested in it. And I think that very um, you know, simple approach to delivering high quality content, but done in a way that people can engage with that, I think is yeah, 100% the way it should be done. Um, because look, most of the people out there aren't kind of um, knowledgeable on this kind of science stuff. So let's make it easier for them to get in there and hopefully see results for them. A hundred percent, man. Absolutely. I totally agree. Just quickly on your Instagram, how important, um, obviously content and putting out stuff, how important is the back end stuff? Like, do you spend a lot of time on your like, hashtags and what time of day and things like that? Um, actually, it was funny. I was just talking about time of day the other day. Um, I am, it's going to sound weird, but I'm like technologically illiterate. Like I know nothing about any of that stuff. Um, my entire business is based on Microsoft Word and Gmail. Um, <laughs> like literally I, I know nothing about that stuff and I've never had any interest in it. And I've always said if I didn't have a business, I wouldn't be on social media. Um, but what I do every, every time I post, I think this is something that's really important. A lot of people a lot of people get into a schedule and a habit and they're afraid to break it. They're like, I only post at 10 a.m. and I only post at 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. And like they get really like into their habit and I'm the complete opposite. I'll be like, I posted at 9 a.m. for two weeks and I'm going to post at like 4 a.m. and see what happens. Like I will purposefully disrupt uh, and change things just to see how it works. And I think just like with strength training, just like with nutrition, if you do the same thing for too long, like anything works, but for a short period of time. Yeah. And then you have to change it. And I think that social media, it really works the same way. Very interestingly, if you do the same thing over and over and over again, then you're going to get like, you're, you're eventually going to stop getting results. You're going to like sort of have a plateau. So I constantly change it. And whether it's hashtags, whether it's time of day, whether it's like color scheme on a, on a, infographic whether it's you know even the medium like i went hard on instagram for the last however many months and i'm transferring over to youtube and it doesn't mean i'll stop on instagram but it does mean like i'm literally because basically right now instagram is saturated with all this stuff so i'm like hey i'll be the only one bringing people over to videos now and you guys can do infographics but how many of you are going to fucking be good on camera so like it's, it's literally, you got to like constantly change stuff, constantly change the game, constantly be one step ahead. And if you, if you try and think too much in terms of like, okay, well, what is the best time of day? And what is the best hashtag? <laughs> you're going to fall behind. Cause you're thinking about the, the minutia you're looking, you're majoring in the minors instead of looking at the big picture. For sure. For sure. Um, now obviously you're moving into YouTube, as you said, um, what's that, looking like for you like do you have a plan of kind of i'm going to make this video this video or is it something that just you wake up today and go i'm going to do a video about apple cider vinegar like what's the kind of process there for you so right now i had to come up with a plan because it's just so foreign to me 
Um, so I literally talk about getting a coach and accountability. I have a coach who's telling me, this is what you're going to put. You're going to post X number of times a week. You're going to like, the theme is going to be this. You're going to have like, and it literally, he wrote out a schedule for me and he was like, this is what you're going to do. And I was like, great. So literally, so before about, I don't know, four minutes before you and I hopped on the call, I was sending him a video for him to look at. And then basically like, I'm going to publish that later today. Nice, um, nice. But the format right now is essentially like Gary was essentially like what that was for me at first with Instagram. He's like, you got to post three times a day every day and I'm going to fucking see it if you don't. And now I'm going to be like, OK, so YouTube, what's the strategy? And what you'll see, like this is my first really run at YouTube. So I bet over the next three months you're going to see me change strategies a lot. Uh, just like I'm going to do one thing for one month, another thing for another month, another thing for another month. And we'll see what really picks up. I never expect the first thing I do to really hit. If it does, amazing. But like, I always expect that I'm going to have to go through at least four to six months of serious battling before I actually really, really get something to stick. I think that's a really valid point to bring up as well in that I think far too many, and I'm 100% guilty of this, um, that far too many people go, okay, well, if I post three times a day within you know, a month, I'm going to have 10,000 extra followers already on it. And that patience game of, you know, you did this six months ago, and I mean, obviously, you've seen incredible growth over that six months, but day one, I'm sure you didn't see huge growth. Day two, it wasn't huge, but it, it took time, and obviously, your online business as well, you were writing articles in your dorm, as you said, and then you know, years later, you are where you are now. People, people, it's not even a month. People expect, and keep in mind, I do business coaching, so I see this literally firsthand. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about this. They started posting three times, they were doing two times a day every day. Um, and when we first got on the call, the first call I had with them before I even took them on as a coaching client, I said, here's what's going to happen. You're going to start working with me. You're going to work insanely hard for the first month. And right now you're going to say, Hey, I totally get it. One month from now, not a lot's going to change. I understand that you're going to say that right now in one month, you're going to have, you're going to say, Jordan, I'm stressed out. This isn't working. I don't know what's going on. And I'm going to say, it's been one fucking month. What do you expect? Yeah. And like, and it literally it happens constantly. I'd say probably seven out of 10 people. And it's the, the funny thing is it's the same exact people who will say like their clients are being impatient. It's the same people who will say like, what did you expect? You thought you'd have a six pack in, in like a month. Like it's going to take years. Like the same people who preach patience and persistence with training and nutrition are also losing sight of themselves and thinking I should have a thriving fitness business in a month, two months six months, a year. No, sorry. That's going to take you literally years yeah. of every day. And it doesn't have to be like 12 hour days every day, but it doesn't mean that like every day you're doing something like sure. from, from the day I started my business at 19 till today at 26, I, there's never been a single day where I haven't done at least one thing for And even if that was writing a 12 word status for Facebook, when I first started, like there was always something doing something happening for my business. Yeah. And that's amazing. I think it's um, all power to you for uh, having stuck with it. And uh, I think having a firm belief in what you're doing can help um, with that. Um, and obviously, you know where you're heading to from there. With regards to inspiration to content, then where do you, is that, where does that come from with uh, what you are going to do or what you're going to write about or articles you've done in the past? Is that something that you just, as I said, comes to you or you've been asked a thousand times, well, I should do a blog post. And if it's like, where's the inspiration come from day after day after day after day? So I honestly think coming up with content is a skill. 
I like, I honestly think understanding how to come up with content consistently is a serious skill that most people don't like people are like, Oh, like you're just so much better at it than I am. Like you're, you're just like, you, you, you have these ideas that come to you. You're like, yeah, you're right. I'm way better at it than you. And they do just come to me because I spent the last six and a half years doing it every day. Like I have over 500 free articles on my website that I wrote over the course of four and a half, five years. And that like that, that's a skill that I developed over the time. Same, same thing with writing. Oh, you're just a naturally good writer. I think I am a naturally good writer, but I also think having written like at least a bare minimum of 1200 words a day, every day since I was 19 years old, probably <laughs> helps a little bit. For sure. So like the, I think number one is it's a skill. And if you don't practice it, you're not going to get better at it. You literally have to go sit down. Like people look at my infographics. I, I literally had someone plagiarized my infographic they, they took my name off they put their name on top of it pretended it was theirs and i went and commented on their thing um and i was like hey listen like i'd appreciate it if you just didn't plagiarize it and would rather repost it and say that you got that from me rather than pretending like it was yours <laughs> and it, it blew my mind because that person actually was mortified because it was their team that did it but before the person wow. actually saw that i commented one of their friends was like who fucking cares? That thing probably didn't take that much time anyway, and it's common knowledge anyway. Like it doesn't matter if he plagiarized it. I'm like, hold on, <laughs> like what you just said is so mind-bogglingly ignorant. It's it's shocking. But the fact that like you, people will look at them and think it didn't take a lot of time. It's like no, no, no. Like even even like the shortest amount of time I've ever spent on an infographic is probably about an hour and a half. Yeah, like that's the least amount of time it, because thinking of the concept putting it into an image that actually makes sense and is easy to understand, writing the copy for it, posting it, interacting with all the people. Like for as soon as I post something on Instagram, I'm I give myself thirty minutes to respond to every single comment that comes in those first thirty minutes. Every time. Um, and it's like people think that it's just like it's, it takes no time. It's like, no, you really don't get it. It takes it's a full-time job. Yeah, 100%. And that's certainly something I've learned over the last um, two months. And obviously, I've, I've now been living in the south of France for two months. So it was kind of a part of the um, timing as well around of me starting. It's like, okay, I'm here. I'm fresh. I'm trying to start this new life, start this new business, and away we go. And um, yeah, I mean, it's for me, the content um, I'm coming up with is at least 30, to an, 30 minutes to an hour um, at least, but then obviously you've got on top of that creating that actual infographic where I obviously do my little picture um, thing. So I'm looking forward to obviously the challenge of uh, stepping that game up a little bit and hopefully it'll uh, help uh, people more. So guarantee, that, yeah. guarantee you're going to see better interaction. You're going to see you're going to see a lot more people actually like not only interacting with it, but more actually. You know, it's a really interesting metric that I use is saves. How many people are saving my infographics? Um, oh, okay. And I I can always tell which one is going to get more saves than something else. And like generally I have two different types and like you could really break my graphics down into many different types. But if you want to break it down, we have two different ones. We have, um, we have action ones and we have emotion ones. Action ones are, this is literally, we could have action, knowledge, and emotion, three different ones. So knowledge would be like one that I did today about like creatine, which is like, okay, like creatine, the pros and cons, here's why that's knowledge. We have action which is more like, okay, here's literally your plan to do and step-by-step step this week. So like, for example, I had one on how to design your own workout program. Step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step yep. three, do this. And then the other one is emotion, which is more like, for example, like how to do flexible dieting, right? Which is basically like, you know, th th I did this whole big one on no one got skinny from eating a salad, just like no one got fat from eating a donut. 
and that was more emotion based like yeah, oh my okay. god he's right like it's like I, I can have a donut and not worry and I can have a salad and I shouldn't probably expect to be like ripped after eating the salad <laughs> that type of thing the ones that get the most saves are the how to's the like the action plan those get way more saves than anything else um and I think having a mix of all those things is the key to a really a well-balanced one. Too many people only do calorie comparisons or they only do something here and that, that's when they sort of pigeonhole themselves. You can yeah. actually see their engagement drop. Um, but I guarantee what you'll see is with this more complete image, you'll get more saves. Perfect, perfect. Well, um, I think that's a great action plan I certainly will uh, take up and anyone listening in, um, certainly give it a go and try and step up your Instagram game um, from there. Um, Kind of just finally, kind of where I want to uh, head this, just what's next for Jordan Sight? Like, where's the next kind of couple of years heading from you? I mean, you've got the contract with Gary for, is it another two years, is it? or? Yeah, just just under two more years. We passed the one-year mark in May. So uh, two two years from May. So we'll, we'll see. So, what's, so I think uh, I end May there? 31st. Uh, after, so after Gary, I'm not 100% sure. Um before Gary, I was living in Israel, just doing my online stuff. And it was a very different type of business. It was just like, I didn't have much of a social presence. I hadn't really put much time into social. It was more email based. Um, and now that I've, I've really, really gone into social at a much higher level than I ever anticipated. Um, it's opened up whole new doors for me. Uh, and so I don't really know. I think that's probably the unfortunately like i don't know like it's not the answer you want but i i don't know where the i don't know what the fuck i'm doing yeah i have no idea um like all i know is the the most important thing that i know is that as long as i continue to put out content that helps people i'm gonna come out on top and anybody will come out on top as long as you're doing the right thing as long as you're you're really focusing on doing the right thing and helping people you're gonna come out on top so i don't know if i'm gonna be in israel i don't know if i'm gonna be like in Boston, I don't know if I'm going to be in New York. I don't know if I'm going to be in Thailand. I don't know if I'm going to be in LA. I don't know if I'm going to renew with Gary. All I know is I am just going to keep putting out content with the sole focus of helping people, and I don't think I can go wrong. Well, with uh, your Australian accent, you've always got a home in Australia, mate, and I'm more than happy to uh, <laughs> more than happy to kind of welcome you into my gym back home if uh, you do make your way to Australia. <laughs> Thank you, man. If you ever find your way to wherever I am, whether it's in New York or wherever, you're welcome to come and stay and lift and we'll make infographics together and we'll be a party. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, just want to finish on one final thing. Um, I want to kind of make this more of a common thing that I want to do with client, uh, sorry, uh, guests moving forward is I want to come up with a, like a quick fire five um, of five things that are about you or kind of are related to you and you come up with you know, the first thing that kind of comes to your mind. So if I can fire five things at you, um, whether it's a one-word answer or kind of just a quick little you know, thing that pops in your head, do you mind answering five little uh, kind of quick fires? Go for it. Let's do it. All right. Um, it has to be the first quick fire is apple cider vinegar. Throw up. <laughs> um, coffee. Unicorn. And I've just got to put a, a little hashtag on that one. I know how big of a fan of coffee you are. And I didn't lead into the conversation with this because it might have, you just ha would have hung up on me in that I hate coffee. I hate the smell. I hate being around it. And I've actually got a bet with my uh, my mum because when I went into uni, she said, oh, you'll like it when you go to uni because you're going to have to start late and study and things like that. And it's a $50 bet if I have coffee before the age of 50. So it's I, I don't know if it's I'm now just doing it as spite because I probably would like it now, but I just can't go near that stuff. 
Dude, I literally, when you just said you hate coffee, I, I'm not even joking. I almost hung up solely, solely because I thought it would be fucking hilarious if like, if like I literally just hung up, I was like, ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> and that's, and you'd be like, oh my God, did he just, <laughs> and that's why I didn't lead into it because I know how much you love it. And if anyone has seen your videos of how much is uh, Israeli coffee you bought back from uh, Israel last time you're there. <laughs> It's ridiculous how much you love it. And that's why I didn't lead in with it because I, I think there's a 5% chance, possibly more, that you would just hit the hang up button. That'll be that. Oh, man. That, I like Part of me wishes I did, but like, it, oh, man, that would have been so funny. You would have been like, wait, hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, so that was number two, sugar. Number three. Delicious. Perfect. Gary V. Crazy. <laughs> New York. Amazing. Love it. Um, Jordan, I can't thank you enough. It's been absolutely uh, a pleasure having you on and I do really appreciate appreciate your time because I know how much of a um, workaholic uh, you are yourself and how busy you are yourself and so it really is appreciative and I hope everyone watching or listening in on this show today um, has gotten plenty out of it. I know I have. So yeah, real big thank you to you, mate. Dude, thank you for having me, man. You did a, a phenomenal job. Like I, I do a bunch of these and I can honestly say you're a phenomenal host, and uh, I hope to I hope to be on again sometime. Oh, mate, I'd I'd have you back any day. And that it's it's funny you say that, and it's something that I've gotten a little bit more used to doing these things because I've always had the comment when I was younger was Adam, you've got a face for radio, and I I always took that as a kind of backhanded compliment. Is like, am I really that ugly that I should stick on <laughs> sort of radio? But I do enjoy talking, and I love talking. Um, and hearing the sound of my own voice. But um, I really enjoyed these things and the podcast. It, I thought it was just going to be something that have a chat with people, we'd bring value to the world and people could listen and if they get something out of it, great. But I've really enjoyed kind of speaking to people that, as I said, otherwise I may never have uh, talked to in my life um, or come across to in my life and just finding more out about them. So that's, I, I appreciate the comment, uh, compliment and that's uh, very kind of you. And uh, again, yeah, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure, man. I'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Well, again, thank you very much for ch uh, tuning into this episode of How the Focaccia. Thank you, Jordan, for answering that question. And I'll catch you next time on another episode of How the Focaccia. See you later.